Welcome to the Contractor's Best Friend podcast. I'm your host, Brad Humphrey, and we're sponsored again by 4constructionpros.com and Caterpillar. Today's topic has got to hit home with a lot of contractors. Uh, it's literally called protecting your work crews. And the whole focus of this is, is the need to make sure that we're taking care of our job site security as we see uh, just incredible things in our culture today, which, which really can pose some challenges to even the best of contractors. I'm joined again today uh, with two of the best, uh, Jason Hurtis, Caterpillar Global Market Professional for Quarry and Aggregates, and Lonnie Fritz, Caterpillar Senior Market Professional Construction Industries with a heavy emphasis on heavy construction and road building areas. Guys, it's, this is I, I'm kind of holding my breath here because I, I, I think this is incredibly important. I, I don't know if I got hit with more questions about job site security at some of the recent speaking engagements of, that I've had, including the world of concrete. What are you guys hearing out there? I mean, is do you hear a bit of a concern about setting up job sites to promote or excuse me, to prevent maybe theft, even uh, uh, direct type of violent? type of behavior at times. Are you guys picking up on any of this with clients around the country? It's definitely on the rise compared to where it's, I shouldn't say it's on the rise, but it's probably more in the forefront Mm -hmm. of customers, especially fleet managers, uh, crew supervisors mind than it has been in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, Anywhere from the job site safety, you know, access, gating, fencing, all the way to you know, them coming to manufacturers like Caterpillar and saying, you know, what are you going to do to help me minimize theft of this machine? Or, right. you know, how are you going to help me protect um, my workers once they're on the job site, either through safety devices, um, radar systems, cameras, etc. So it's, I don't want to use the word that it's on the rise because that usually indicates that, oh my gosh, it's a panic, but it's definitely right. in, the, in the front of everyone's brain anymore. I think you're right. I, I think you're right. I think I might place it there too. Um, but before we before we move on, Lonnie, what are some of your thoughts? Because I know you're down in the in the boots uh, in the mud with some of these contractors, also. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate because it's been a pain point in the past, and it still is in the present. You know, it's kind of that old adage of um, you know that grew legs and walked away. I didn't realize it was that mobile. I thought it was more of a stationary item. But uh, it's both personal and company property. You know, you're out on the job site or you're in a shop environment. It just depends. Uh, like I said, again, can't underscore enough. It's unfortunate. Um, the main thing is, is is try to head it off. You know, if it's personal property, can you, you lock it in safekeeping in your vehicle? It's kind of like being at school as a student. Don't carry it. Don't flash it around if it has value. And it could be lost in you if you don't need it to complete your daily task. Um, you know, I've even seen certain... Uh, customers and job sites that have job site lockers. You know, you have a, a home base where maybe you take your breaks or your lunch breaks and you can actually, you know, secure some valuables inside a trailer or what have you. Then there's a company, you know, assets and their properties, the hand tools, right? Even materials, the machines, you know, the, the machines that get borrowed for the weekend, materials that kind of just don't actually make it to the job site or to the dump location. So there's all kinds of different aspects where where things just don't tend to stay in the place they should or arrive at the place they should. And at the end of the day, it all costs. It's going to cost somebody and it could cost the individual or the group their jobs. 
Um, when it gets to machines specifically, Brad, maybe we'll delve in this a little bit more, but again, it goes back to previous podcasts and that is telematics. We know where machines are at these days. For those machines that tend to disappear, had a customer story here um, last month. Last month we were out at Con Expo and machine disappeared. They found it in a shed. It was completely dismantled, completely being parted out. They found it, you know, but again, hopefully telematics and some other technology solutions will continue to try to curb some of this uh, behavior that's less than fortunate. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to break this into a couple of categories. I'll be real honest with you. If, if we feel like we need to move on, we're going to move on to another, uh, maybe a, a part B of this, because I think this is pretty important. But I'd like to maybe carve it into a couple of areas. And I think you hit upon one of them, Lonnie. Let's, let's talk about equipment. What can we do? And I don't know if lockout, tagout is always the exact term, but the theory of that fits for equipment. When we're at a job site, you know, uh, and a lot of these job sites, especially the contractors that are working in city limits, a lot of times you have to park equipment when it's not being used, perhaps in, in high, difficult, visible locations. But let's let's look at that. And then another one I'd like to look at is really just the idea of pure theft. Uh, it is on the right. That part of it is on the rise, uh, Jason, to your comment earlier. And Lana, let me go right back with you. From an equipment standpoint, so much of your equipment that you you, you provide service uh, support for and all that and consulting support. And a lot of these construction sites are out in the open. Uh, they may be large areas, but what might be some good advice on how do we make our equipment more, quote, safe? Not not from a safety standpoint, but from safe from being destroyed or hit upon or broken by others outside the, even outside the job. Yeah. You know, it's, if I use a term like geofencing, right? <laughs> Keeping a machine out of an area, but it, this is kind of takes on a different aspect. This is protecting the machine. Customers, contractors, the industry continuing to leverage job site surveillance cameras. They'll erect a pole, they'll put the camera up nice and high, and that camera camera system is protected and it is providing that live feed back to a radio room, back to a camera room, back to the office. Whoever is responsible for monitoring that camera system, it could be live monitoring or it could be just there recording events. If something happens, play back the video. Mm -hmm. That's very common, unfortunately, but it is definitely a proactive step to capture again what's happening on the site, especially if the job site is not being currently ran, you know, if it's off shift, for example. Um, you know, there's all kinds of signage that can be put up, you know, the job is being surveyed. And then, uh, you know, any passersby or individuals that may be uh, trying to trespass, they can at least get a little advance notice that the site is secure. And then a security presence depends, again, as you mentioned, Brad, kind of location. If you're in an area where you may have to have full time uh, security presence just to keep tabs on the valuable assets on that job site. And just to, uh, again, be a more proactive and preventative measure by having a presence out there, especially when workers are not present and the job site is sitting idle. That, that's so important today. We just, Again, we didn't have these discussions 5, 10, 15 years ago. I mean, we just didn't have them like this. Jason, when you look at this, and I'm not, I think sometimes your equipment is maybe not necessarily way out in the open in the middle of a farm field. Maybe it is, but... But they don't maybe necessarily have a lot of drive-by traffic, but but there's still a security risk for even the equipment owners of your type of equipment the, in the quarries and the aggregates. What are they doing? What are they? What have you found they're doing from a secure standpoint? Well, quarries usually have an advantage of having their property fenced, but I think they're equally at risk. I mean, we've all heard the stories of you know kids sneaking into quarries to go swim in and the ponds or. Yeah. You know, taking a machine for a joyride yeah. or a disgruntled employee, things like that. And 
One of the things we have found helpful and encouraged with, with our customers is operator ID. That machine will not start if it has the improper ID. You know, you can give each of your employees their own operator IDs. They have to key that in before the machine will start. On the newer machines with operator ID, that'll prevent a lot of that. But again, most of the features, you're you're just trying to slow down. If somebody really wants a machine or somebody really wants to gain access, you got to do everything you possibly can to either slow them down or monitor what they're doing before they do anything big or major or damaging. But operator ID has helped. Everybody's got a cat key. Everybody's got a different type of key. So if you think, oh, I'm going to put a cat padlock on it or I'll lock the door, you know, a lot of people are carrying cat keys around too. So you got to think beyond what we used to think of five years ago, you locked a cab door and, and you're good to go for the night. You got you to gotta go beyond yeah. that now. Yeah, it's sad because obviously our mold costs go up quite a bit if we're having to to take equipment back and forth every day, you know, from the shop or from our yard and back to the job site. And I know that's reality for many contractors. They just, I don't, I do admit that I see more and more and I hear more and more of contractors who are not feeling safe about leaving their equipment at a job site overnight for the length of the project, whether it's two days or you know, 22 days. But I've seen creative things, you know, especially on road construction and heavy construction, you know, they'll put, They'll put the machines really tight together so nobody can really climb into the cabs or they'll, you know, put the excavator bucket and the wheel loader bucket and trying to do different things collectively, keeping the machines together and positioning the machines in such a way to make it inconvenient, you know, for an easy entrance or, or easy theft. I agree with that. Well, I, we're going up to the to the bumper that I thought we might be. And if it's okay with you guys, are you guys welcome to come back for a, a second go around on this same topic? Are you guys both good, good with that? I'm good. Absolutely. It's a very important one. I think it's a big one. Hey, if you've been listening to this, I hope you appreciate the information and some of the advice that Jason and Lonnie have shared with you. Um, we'll kind of call this part A maybe. So we're going to do, we're going to break away. We're going to come back and we're going to have a, a follow-up to this. So if you're listening, thank you for listening. We appreciate everything, the time you've taken to hear this. And, and again, I want to always encourage you to go to forkconstructionpros.com or caterpillar.com to, to, to listen to some of the other uh, topics that we've spoken on over the years. And as you listen to this, just know that we want you to have the best year possible. Find more helpful information from cat experts on cat.com on the tips, tech, and tools expert page. <laughs>